They have a combined 12 years in the National Football League. They combined for 65 career sacks, 232 tackles, one Pro Bowl selection, and one Employee of the Month award. That's just a straight shooter with upper management written all over him. It's Train and Gross on the All-AZ Podcast Network. Welcome in. Train and Gross, we're back at It's a lovely day in Phoenix, Arizona. We got the door open. Yeah, it's a little cool. Not, Not bad. sweating. No. It's all good. No swamp, no swamp bottom, you know what I mean? <laughs> Is that what we call it? Swamp that was me bed? last week. It's not quite what we call it, but you know, <laughs> hey, for, for, the, for the PG lovers. Hey, um, before we get started, and yeah. if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll know what I'm about ready to say. Uh-huh. It's like the day you shaved. Like, mm. I was like, who is this person across from me? Wow. You're, you're not wearing a you're not wearing a shirt like well you're wearing a shirt <laughs> I'm wearing you're not a shirt. Wearing, you're not wearing one of your famous t-shirts you're not you know, wearing a shirt I, I, you know I, <laughs> not doing the whole peck jump you know what I mean <laughs> uh, no I, I just decided to go corporate today so you know I figured I would clean up a little bit and uh, I'm out of shirts I got I got I got to replenish got, the shirts mm, we've I'm hit the low. end of the closet yeah we have mm-hmm. yeah we've exhausted all of the all the resources so we got we got to go back well, to some the of them were good you can recycle. Some yeah, of them I'm, are good. I'm going to recycle, but I, you know, you don't want to be too close. I mean, no. because, Let know, me give you my wanna... top three. All okay. right, our Klondike, yeah, has to make a has to make a comeback. No doubt. The uh, pettiness has to make a. Comeback. I got two of those. I got one that that looks like Pepsi. I haven't worn that one yet, so okay. I'm gonna break that so one out. That one needs to make a yep. comeback. Mm-hmm. And then there was the. It looked like a gas tank, and it just said dad jokes, uh-huh. and it was full. Yeah, that was yeah. money too. Yeah. So yeah. mine is. Uh, Obviously, the Klondike one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> B-Train broke the internet. That yeah. <laughs> he broke the internet. Yeah. Um, and then uh, it's got to be where's the beef? Where's the beef is always money. Because, yeah. as you know. That's old school. That's old school. Because yeah. you mm-hmm. wore that when we had our radio show that's right. back in the day. So I knew he had it in him. Like yeah. this, this, this I was just saving it. So that one's probably made it through right multiple closet purges too, right? Where oh, you, without question. And you're like, oh, that one will never leave. Yeah. It will never leave my closet. That will always be in the rotation no matter what. And then I, I don't know that before we talked, our conversation before we started recording, I would have said this, but Petty, whether it's the one we've seen or the one we're going to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew that about you. It's coming. I knew that about oh, you. Oh, yeah. Like there's sometimes like, you know, the shirt yeah. described. That's right. Like, yeah, this could this this should be training grows sponsored by Petty. Yeah, Petty Pendergrass. That's that's my <laughs> name. Because <laughs> you are. Oh, I keep the receipts. There's no question about it. I keep the receipts. And we might get into that in a little bit. That's but, right. Uh, that's right. So the shirts, uh, like we should we should start selling these things too. <laughs> We're straight corporate today, though. We're, we're, right. we're corporate today. Well, because we're at the train station studios. That's right. And my car knows, or my phone knows. I don't know if it's my car or my phone. Yeah. I plug it they in. They both know. And I said, I start typing in the address, uh-huh. and it finishes it for me. There you go. And it's like, all here right. Here we go. We're it's off like, and running. It's like uh, Knight Rider. He's like, I got it from here, Mike. You just Thanks, kid. Sit, sit back, and I'll, I'll, I'll get us there. So Wow. Uh, but we are at Train and Gross. Good to, good to be back with you. Uh, look, you know. We're, we record midweek, so we're not going to break down box scores no. and highlights and plays. No. But no. You know, we got to talk about some of the themes for the Arizona Cardinals as they are 3-0. Yeah, they are. Um, it's not been pretty all the time. It's not been uh, without uh, question marks. Mm-hmm. i got to ask you, though, have you – because here's what I think, and you guys let me know if I'm off base here. When the Cardinals took the field against the Jaguars, mm-hmm. and it's not Jaguars. Wow. Jaguars. Yep. yep. Uh, I'm a wire guy, Jaguar. Yeah. Figures. Uh-huh. Wow. Um, they were 2-0. Uh-huh. They were getting a lot of, hey, look at this, look at that. Uh-huh. 
it's almost like they felt like, hey, we showed up, we're going to beat this team. Yep. Have you ever been part of a team that felt like, oh, all we need – because I don't think this team is anywhere close to being that type of team. Mm-hmm. But they acted like, hey, we just got to flip the switch and we're good. And that's kind of what happened in that game the other day. That was my career at Notre Dame. That, that's how I felt every time we took the field. Because we were so talented, we had so many great players. Right. And, of course, we had Coach Holtz who had us believing we could do anything we wanted to do. So there was not a time at school that I didn't feel like we were just going to show up and, and we would out-athlete most teams that we would line up against. I mean, sure. the games were over when we were doing the warm-up lines. Okay. Because – they would see us walk out, and, of course, you got the gold helmets and either the blue shirt or the white shirt, and, and you know, these dudes are pretty jacked. You know, I remember Bryant Young being my teammate, and, and him and Jim Flanagan and those guys, you know, they'd walk out first, and it's like they were like the all-get-off-the-bus team. You mm-hmm. see that team, you see those guys get off the bus, and you're like, damn, we got to face these guys? Right. These guys are crazy. So, uh, yeah, my, my, my entire time at Notre Dame, that's how we felt. But in the NFL, that's kind of a different story. No, it's is it? a Because story. all those guys end up in the NFL. That's right. right? They're playing for different teams. Right. And so it, there's a lot of parity in the NFL, and, and the, the, the margin of victory is, is very thin. Right. Uh, you, you're not going to just go out and, and blow people out just by lining up and, and, and going through warm-ups. You know, for me, it's like, you know, you, you can you know, look ahead to the Rams, whatever's going on, but, mm. you know, this team, this team being the Arizona Cardinals is, should not be in a position where they think they can do that against anybody. And arguably, Jacksonville, if they're not the worst team in the league, they're, they're in that conversation. Yeah. And they, you were losing at halftime. Yeah. You were losing at halftime yep. to that team. Yep. And whatever this Arizona Cardinals team is, I don't think anybody had that uh, as something they thought was going to happen. I think the Cardinals have been very fortunate thus far. Yeah. You, you thought – you go back to the game against Tennessee. Tennessee didn't look like they didn't know what the hell they were doing. They, they just looked like they just came out of camp and like, oh, we're just going to put something together. Mm-hmm. Uh, Minnesota, Minnesota had their share of giving the game away yep. because, you know, they got away from running the ball. Dalvin Cook, he was having a field day. Make a field goal. Make a field goal. And then you, you look at, at Jacksonville. For a half, Jacksonville was the better team. Yeah. And there was no question about that. And I think that, that play at the end exclamated that point. I think it was a half and a play because Jacksonville came out mm-hmm. and they ran the ball down the Cardinals' throat. Yeah. Uh, I forget the exact timing of the drive. Second the team in a row that's actually done that. Right. It was eight and consecutive then, runs on that drive. And they scored and missed the field goal. Uh, extra, extra, extra point. point. Yep. Excuse me. And then it was almost that's where you saw the switch flip. The other thing that I don't understand, and I got two coaching things that sure. I don't understand. I want to talk about with you guys. Let's do it. Number one, if you're Urban Meyer – Smart guy, I think. You know, had some success at the collegiate He's level. He's a three-time anyway. champion. you got to give him his credit. So, if I can sit here and say, you run the ball down the Cardinals, throw, why are you playing – why are you running a flea flick yeah, your first play cute. after that? Right. Why, why do you do that? You think that you have momentum and, and you think you have a situation where you can suck the, the linebackers up because now they're in the mode of, okay, these guys are trying to come down our throat yeah. or, or trying to run the ball down our throat, then we're just going to – we're going to commit to the run, and, and we're going to play on a line of scrimmage, and then you can maybe sneak one behind them. So right. I, I think he, it was just poor timing, and, and he, he forgot for a second that he was in the NFL, and those guys know how to read their keys. And, you know, for Byron, it was a, it was a gift wrap. It was Christmas time, and, and he got the greatest gift of all, uh, a ball that was uh, thrown with not a lot of velocity, and, and he was able to take it to the house. And, yeah. and so – uh, congrats to him. Didn't you tell me in all the years you played, you never had an opportunity to get a score on the defensive side? I had a score. It was called back because they they, they uh, uh, ruled the play dead. 
I actually scored. So they they inadvertent whistle kind of deal? inadvertent whistle. Yeah, oh, I mean, and, and and the ref actually apologized to me at half. We were coming out of the tunnel together, and I asked him. I said, "Man, what was what happened with that?" He's like, "Man, I I can't say what he actually said, but he's like, I, I screwed you." And I mean, as a man, he admitted he was wrong. I had, I had to let it be. You're mm-hmm. a good guy, and you accepted that. I thought I remember you. But I mean, he, he no, looked, I know. He looked me in the face, man to man, and he was just like, you know, I screwed. It was uh, Mike Carey's brother. Okay. And and he just said, hey man, I I I got you, you know, like I I blew it too fast and and I blew it. There you go, like that. Eh. So and then the second play that I question, and it's one of those when you see the basketball coach, don't shoot it, don't shoot it, don't shoot it, good shot, good shot. Yeah. It's that field goal attempt from how many ever yards? Like, I get it. Was it 64? 64. I was gonna say 62, but whatever it was. Yeah, something like that. Over that. Man, you're in Jacksonville, Florida. The humidity probably. Oh, you're talking about the one that came up short. Yeah, he kicked it from 68. 68. He tried it from. Yeah, 68. The one that they scored on 109. Yeah, that's it exactly. Like you know, you're in Jacksonville, Florida. The humidity is whatever it is. It's not like you're at Mile High Stadium, or it's not like you're indoor Baltimore over Detroit. Sure. You're in a stadium where it's hot, it's humid, Mm -hmm. and I don't know. Like again, if it would if it would have been made, it would have been like that's a great. But the other thing, you know, is that sucks the light. Like, you're playing. You're not playing well, but you're sure. tight at that point. Sure. And it's similar to, uh, you know, the play at the end of the Super Bowl. Obviously uh-huh. a different thing. But uh-huh. when, you, when you go into I – can, I can say that for context. Don't shake your head at me. Uh, it just sucks the life out of your team. Sure. Except for the special teams, guys. If you're the offense and defense standing on the sideline, you can't do a damn thing about it. And yep. you watch it. Yep. And now all of a sudden you're down by six, fortunately not seven. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just the impact there. That was, I just don't get that call. Whenever you have that, that, that special teams unit out there, the, the, the PAT and field goal unit out there, you got to remember there are no athletes. And I mean that with all sincerity. There's nothing but offensive linemen. Yeah. There's the punter who holds for the kicker, and then there's the place kicker. Yeah. If you ever try a lengthy field goal, the end of the half is never the time to do that because there's nobody out there that knows how to tackle. There's nobody out there that has been tackling on a regular basis Mm -hmm. for any amount of time in recent history. So I saw that coming. If you have that where he gets a running start and and he's got a convoy of defensive players to actually block for him, that's always going to end bad. I go back to – I remember Nick Saban – uh, yep. Telling his uh, his special teams coordinator not to do it against Alabama or against Auburn yep. in 2013. Exactly, and they were able to use that momentum to get all the way to the national championship game, lose to Florida State. Yeah. So any any time you have those long field goals, you have to be weary and you have to know that your kicker has the leg in order to get it home. Hey, real quickly, while we're talking about the Cardinals, and I, I said this to you guys before, I, I want to create a segment of of just me, like I think I think mm-hmm. things that pop into my brain. Yeah. I, th- I think I think I was a little harsh on Christian Kirk during the, the preseason. Like no, he, you weren't. Okay. No, you weren't. Because I, I looked at, like, that opening drive. I remember this. Like, he – what are you doing, man? Like, dropping balls. Like, you needed this team to get work. And uh, so mm-hmm. we're only keeping them out here for mm-hmm. a short time. Chance for a first down. Hey, it's exhibition. Don't worry about it. So yeah. it wasn't too harsh because everything I've seen this regular season says you were too harsh. He was, you, not, he was not a rookie, Mike. And so Christian Kirk had made plays before for this team. Okay. So whether you're preseason, regular season, postseason, your job is to catch the ball. Right. And if you don't catch the ball, then you're not doing your job. And if you are a professional athlete and you accept that check every Monday, then what comes with that is the responsibility of being able to stand front and center when people have a gripe for you not performing as they think you should. 
What is the weirdest thing you've seen happen on a football field? And the reason I'm asking this is because I'm sure you guys saw it. The official throwing the flag in the first quarter on a punt return. Simultaneously with the ball coming and down. And it hits the ball and knocks it out of – Rondell Moore is about to catch the punt. The, the flag hits the ball. Uh-huh. What, is the, what are the odds of that? That's got to be the weirdest thing I've ever seen happen on a football field, and I've watched it an unhealthy amount of football in my life. So I remember the Baltimore Ravens were playing, and a ref threw a false start flag and hit Ray Brown or uh, uh, Brown in the eye, right? In the eye, like uh-huh. it got through the face mask and hit him directly in the eye. And he was a guy that that actually had a, a medical condition. Yeah. And his son actually plays now for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. And so uh, Zeus, they, uh, Zeus Brown, uh, I can't remember I know who you're talking name. about. I can't think of the first name. Yeah, but Brown. And, um, yeah, his son plays for the, the, the Chiefs, who was with the Ravens as well. And I, I just remember that clear as day, the ref threw the flag at him, and it actually went through the face mask and hit him right in his Wild. eye. It, it, and Wild. It caused damage. It did cause damage yeah. because, like I said, he had a medical, uh, you know. He died when he was like 40. Yeah, it was, it was bad. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah, Very bad. But uh, it, I, did you see the same article? Cause I, the ESPN did an article on him, mm-hmm. uh, on, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know how he's trying to uh, honor his father's legacy, yeah. and how his father was so hard on him, yep. and said, "Look, you know, don't talk to me till you play left tackle." That's right. Not like don't that's talk right. to me, but that's right. Like don't tell me what you're doing right. until you play right. left tackle. Right. And that's how he ended up in Kansas City because he wanted to wanted be a left, to play tackle. left tackle. Yeah. yeah. And and Baltimore didn't want, wasn't having it. Um, yeah, that was a, a remarkable thing, and I, that when you asked the question, that's exactly where my mind went. Damaged by the by the uh, penalty flag. It's just a wild. I mean, the, the odds of that happening is, yeah. is and now it's no harm, no foul because the Cardinals jumped on the ball, they recovered the fumble. Yeah. But what would the call have been? Because I know an official on the field is part of the field. Like it's you part see, of the wide game. receivers play. Yeah, wide receivers run into them, or a ball bounces off them, whatever. But the flag? Flag's yeah. part. It's, it's, it's part th- of isn't never part of the seen play. anything isn't like that. Is the flag that? an extension of the official? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. The other thing I think I think is that uh, the defensive secondary for the Cardinals, and you mentioned him already, Byron Murphy. Mm-hmm. Everybody talked about how this kid was going to be in the spotlight, mm-hmm. and he's you know, three games, obviously a small sample size, sure. but. You know, he's he's risen to the occasion. He really has, and I think he's had a new outlook on, on football. He's got the new number now. Of course, he was able to change his number, go to the single digit, number seven, and, and sometimes a little something like that could go a long way. Just the fact that you can change how you're perceived and, and, and get a fresh start. A, a, a number can do wonderful things mm-hmm. for individuals, and, and you just never know what could spark that change. And, and I think for him – Having that, that confidence to know that he has been looked at as the guy for the Arizona Cardinals and he's delivered thus far, I, I think his confidence is through the roof right now. And how about uh, – and we've, I know you and I talked about this before, but playing at home, like, you know, Saguaro High School, both him and Christian Kirk. You yeah. know, sometimes that's a, a, a pressure. Like sure. you've got all your friends, all your hanger honors. Yeah. Christian Kirk got in trouble. Yeah. And, again, I don't want to dwell on it, but just how you are under a microscope is yep. the point when he was at the um, Phoenix Open one yep. time where – Stupid kid stuff, like, right. but you're under that microscope when you're in your own hometown. Yeah, you know, and you got your high school coach giving interviews on Sunday night after the fact. All of it adds to that pressure for these kids. It is pressure, but I think too, it's 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 such a great thing. It's such a cool thing and unique because most players don't get the opportunity to, to play for their hometown mm-hmm. team. And I think for him to not only play for his hometown team, but have one of his teammates from his high school. They didn't go to the same college, but to have the same high school teammate on the same team. I think that that gives them both a little bit of comfort and, and familiarity, yeah. if you will, and, and to know that they're reunited as teammates and, and making plays 
in their own respects for the Arizona Cardinals is just a cool story. Well, and and I, I don't want to – Coach Mons is a, is a good dude. I don't mean to make it sound like he was taken – like, Oh, no, no, and no. And that, that, that – whatever else you want to say about Saguaro, because a lot of people don't like him because they are so good. Like you, right. You, but they're, they're definitely – they're a family out there where they – you know, they, they and, and those guys give back to that, that, that high school community. So, yes, they do. Yeah, yes, absolutely. They do. So, uh, all right, just uh, like I said, some interesting things. Uh, the one thing we got to talk about, game's coming up. Big game for the Cardinals this weekend where they go. 3-0, 3-0. 3-0, 3-0. But to me, like, I look at this and. This is a litmus test. This is the, this is the first real barom- test yeah. for the Arizona Because let's be honest. Out of all the teams in the NFC West, the, the, the Rams have owned the Cardinals Oof, the, the, the most. Yeah, like last year. Like the yeah. Cardinals, you, you saw what they ended up being. They, they won at San Francisco to start mm-hmm. the season. Mm-hmm. They've had success against Seattle. Yep. No such thing For when Rams. it comes to the Rams, they whether lost. it's here, whether it's there. Eight Mc, straight. McVay owns this, this relationship. And, and Mr. Donald. Let's put some respect on his name. Mr. Donald has had yeah. quite a field day against Absolutely. the interior lineman of the Arizona Cardinals. So, I mean, he's done that against everybody, but in particular, he's had success against the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I was listening on, uh, you know, the interview, and, and Kyler Murray, you know, question number one, you've never beaten the Rams. Never beaten the Rams. Like, so until this team figures it out, that's mm-hmm. going to be the question that they have to keep asking. You've never beat the Rams. I, I look at the Rams, and I say they are the class of the NFC right now. Mm-hmm. I think with, with Matthew Stafford being that that bolt of energy, if you will, that that, that – that shot in the arm, if you will, for a football team. I haven't seen any team respond to one player quite like the Rams have responded to to Matthew Stafford. Most weeks, that game would be the highlight game in, oh. in the NFL. That's going to be a footnote compared to what you're going. Where you're going? I know where you're going. So Tom Brady makes his uh, return to Foxborough, mm. triumphant return. How how much? I, I don't know. I made the comment to you guys, like. This is why I'm starting – I mean, I've always been a Tom Brady fan. Go blue, right? I mean – Wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but the more – the older he gets, I think the more I like him, you know. But he says some stuff, and you're like, you, you're a damn liar. Like, the, the question is like, how are you looking forward to going back to Foxborough? And he's like, well, to me, it's just another game. I'll have time to reflect on my career when I'm done playing type of – it matters. BS. When he saw the schedule, BS. he circled that game in his Last mind. Last year he circled it, knowing they were going to play. Gonna go the though. entire team circled the, that, that, that game because they knew what it was going to mean to that guy and let's not forget Gronk. Gronk, exactly. But, you know, but. Of course, it's always Brady Belichick. That's going to always be the, the, the top story for sure. But just in front of those fans, I, I, you know, we talked about it when Patrick Peterson came back here. I can't wait to watch that and see the reaction mm. and, and, and how that's going to go down. Yeah. And the other thing, and again, why, again, Tom Brady continues to grow on us, right? Uh, Tom Brady's dad got involved in it a little bit, talking about, you know, why his son left and had his thoughts, and Tom Brady wasn't having any of it. And uh, in his podcast that he does with Jim Gray, here's what he had to say about his dad. He just said, it's not really what matters what somebody says on today or last week or anything, but your dad kind of jumped into this. And uh, uh, he had some comments to the press this past week. Uh, any thoughts on that, Tom? Well, a little bit. I've actually prepared a statement that I wanted to say, and it's really all that I have to say on the subject. Um, comments made by Thomas Edward Brady, a 77-year-old insurance company CEO who should know better at this point in his life, doesn't necessarily reflect the views or positions held by his son, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady Jr. So furthermore, should Tom Sr. continue to speak out 
on behalf of his son without the express written consent, um, Junior reserves the right to eventually put him in a home against his will. That's all I have to say. <laughs> wow. Wow. I love it. And I think this Brady is a new Brady that we hadn't seen while he right. was in New England because it was so buttoned up in the Patriot way and, and you don't give them anything. And I think he's just been able to blossom and, and be who he always wanted to be in Tampa Bay. And I think people – have really gravitated to Tom Brady, the, the, the new version, Tom Brady 2.0. And, and I think Tom has actually become a guy that feels really comfortable in his own skin. He's been able to voice his opinion and, you know, hey, being a defending Super Bowl champions, you get to do that. And so there, there's been a lot of positive around him here in the last, what, 12, 15 months. No, and, and I, like I said, you're seeing a, a side of him that I don't think Either it wasn't. It was all, always there. They, he just couldn't bring it out. Wasn't allowed to bring he it wasn't out. Wasn't allowed in, to bring it out in the Patriot way. Yes. And you know, I, I, you know, look, two really successful coaches, but you know, his coach in Tampa couldn't be any different than his coach in New England. Night and day. Yeah. Uh, their approach to the game, the, the way that they speak to the media, the, their word choice, everything is absolutely opposite. But they're both very effective in what they do because they both have multiple rings in, in their possession. Uh, from playing or from coaching in the NFL. And uh, it, it shines a light on the relationship uh, between family, in this case mm. parents, father, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and at star athletes, you know, athletes playing at the highest level. You know, a lot of times, you know, we talked, Larry Fitzgerald, all those years here in Arizona between his father, who's a, a media member in the Minneapolis market, and yeah. to a lesser degree, Larry's brother, mm. you know, and Larry was like, hey, you know. Just a guy with an account. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like, he doesn't speak for me type yeah, of thing. You know, yeah, but yeah. you, you got to deal with family yeah. stuff, though. It's real when, when you're playing, in this case, the, when you're playing the sport at the highest level. When you're Tom Brady, everybody is going to get shine based off of you. It's, it's going to trickle down to the, your entire family. If his sisters wanted some sort of shine, yeah. they could get it because they're the sisters of Tom Brady. And I think for the dad – He's just defending his son. I, I think any yeah. dad that has a son, you want to defend your son when you, you see him taking shots, which, you know, may be a little uh, harsh or, or a little excessive in your mind. And, and uh, no matter how old he gets, he's always going to be your son. And the fact that they share the same name, I, I know he probably takes it as personal as anybody else. I have a son who has my name as well, uh, but he's the second, not junior. A uh, little side note there. But I just think, if there was somebody to take a shot at my son, I'd be more than happy to yeah. go back at that person and, and stick up for my son. As and well. I, you know, when you're Tom Brady, junior and senior, mm. the light's just that much brighter. It's always going well, to be and the family stuff is hard. It's a hard dynamic because again, we talk about things like that where you say, "Look, this stuff happens no matter what." Like sure. you know, there's people that have fi family dynamics that you know you and I, Sean, we can't relate to, right? Mm -hmm. But if you're a professional athlete, this stuff just gets blown up. It's under the microscope. Look at Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Like you know, he's a stranger, his yeah. and th that gets played out constantly on the public like, stage on the public stage people yeah. magazine yep. is doing features on tom brady's dissension from his family when he's doing uh, tom uh, excuse me aaron Rodgers when he's doing his uh jeopardy yep. hosting stint yep. so yep. it just I, i'd like to say it comes with the territory but sometimes it doesn't always seem fair and i love the way that tom jr handled it and the fact that he had a written statement and, and it sounded like the end of a, a commercial for the nfl you know like all of these things that you know he said i mean it, it just he, he's, he's opened up in a way that, that I think people had wanted him to open up 
for all 20 years that he had in New England. And, and it's like it's better late than never. And, and he's showing that, hey, man, I've got all the personality in the world. I just had a way of going about doing my business because that was what was par for the course here in New England. Can we tell your story? About my dad? Your dad? I, I, I think, you know, again, it, it, to me it just underscores that, you know, yeah. the, the, the family dynamic. Yeah. And the other thing that it underscores, and you, you, you said it, and it, it's true, mm. pe- people's allegiance to a team. Sure. You know, and there's certain franchises in the NFL. Dallas Cowboys are, right, are, are, are a little – Rip the Band-Aid uh, yeah, off. Yeah, they, 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 they have, they, their fans are nuts. And my dad is a huge Cowboy fan, and uh, there was a particular game October 30th, 2005. Specifically. <laughs> where I went to Texas Stadium, the old Texas Stadium, before he got the billion-dollar playpen out there in Arlington. Uh, and I had about 30 family members out there, and, and, and I was excited to get back to Texas and play some football and, and be in the league. I mean, it was just exciting. You know, I mean, I felt pretty good. And, and um, you know, I'm just a, a 30-year-old kid out there playing a sport that I love and, and doing it in front of my family. So – the game didn't go according to schedule. Uh, I felt like I played okay, but, I mean, obviously my team didn't win, so I didn't care about individual stats. And so I go out to the family's area to, to meet my family, and, and the first guy I see is my dad, and uh, he's got on blue. <laughs> he's got on blue, and, and I, I got to say I was as pissed as you could possibly be. I didn't say a word to him or any of my other family members. I just got on the bus. And me and my dad didn't talk for two years. We didn't talk. And uh, the betrayal that I felt in that moment right. uh, was very real. It was, it was tangible. And uh, if not for my kids, i.e. his grandkids, right. I don't know if we'd be talking today. And, and you were telling Sean and I that story before we started recording. And you, know, you, you credit your brother. I've never met your brother, mm. but I like your brother a lot. Yeah. I've never met the man. Yeah. But he's very told, practical, uh, very told down to other, earth. And you've told other stories yes. that your brother has yes. worked his way into That's the right. story. That's right. And it was really your brother uh, who said, hey, what'd he do? Like virtually grab you by the collar and say, hey, get it together, man. We were, we were talking on the phone, and he's like, hey, man, look, I know how you feel. I know why you feel the way you do. But just remember, it's family. And those are his grandkids. And you can't deny him his grandkids. And he said, think about the relationship that you have with your grandfather. And, exactly. I mean, he got me with that one. I, I, I had no recourse <laughs> for that one. So I had to, 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 to give it up. And, and you know, I, we, we, we started talking slowly. Slowly. I let the kids do most of the talking. But, you know, hi, how you been? Everything good? Okay. But uh, that, was, that was about the end of it for a while. And eventually we, we, we got back to where we are today. But you didn't let it go. Oh, I'm never going to let it go. The betrayal that I felt, that, that, that's something that I will never get over. I, I'm keeping that receipt. Well, no. I, I, but <laughs> when we were answering the questions about the favorite T-shirt, Petty, oh, your, Petty. Your, your gift mm-hmm. to your, your father one year. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I, I, we were playing the, the, the Cowboys out here. And in, in, uh, at the time it was, uh, what was it called, uh, University of Phoenix Stadium, yep. and we the year we went to the Super Bowl it was 2008, and and I was able to have a play against Tony Romo, a sack and a forced fumble, and I wanted to make sure that he knew how I felt. First of all, he tried to come out to the game, and I was like, "Hell no, you're not sitting in the stands <laughs> and cheering against me <sighs> and eating my food with my family. Like, no, that's never going to happen." Buying you a ticket to cheer you, against you're me. You're not. You're not. There's no way in hell you're getting a ticket to sit and cheer for somebody else <laughs> Watch on TV. with my kid in your lap. Like, the disrespect that I would feel at that moment <laughs> is so high. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I told him, you'll be watching at home. Thank you very much. Um, 
I, I, somebody caught a picture of, of me hitting Romo, and so I, I hit uh, priority mail, and I sent it to my dad, and I, I wrote on there with love. And you autographed <laughs> and it. And I autographed it with love, you know, me. And uh, I don't know if he still has it, but, uh, you know, I definitely put the do not bend on, on the package because uh, I wanted him to see that one in all his glory. Today's episode of Training Gross brought to you by Petty. Yeah, we keep the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> we that keep it, the receipts so that, you don't have to. That That's, is, right. <laughs> That's right. That's Every right. time I do, I love it. You, you and I did a show for a couple of years, so we saw it five days a week. That's we were right. hanging out. That's and right. I heard, so I, I, I kind of knew about your father and mm. his fandom with mm. the Cowboys, mm-hmm. but I'd never heard that story. Yeah. I never heard that story. Yeah, that's one that I always kind of keep, you know, low key because you know that one always gets me fired. I'm already sweating <laughs> as I think. Your about demeanor kind of changed when you were telling yeah. the story. I mean, you know, it, every every kid wants to their dad to, especially a, a, a young man that that plays sports. He wants the approval of his dad. Right. And I I know moms. I know they don't want to hear that, but. Moms can do whatever they can and, and be there and, 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 you know, pack your lunch and do all those things that moms do. But it's the approval of dad when it's all said and done that you look for. Right. And in that moment, I just wanted a hug from my dad. Even though I was a 30-year-old grown man with my own kids, I wanted that, that to be consoled by my dad. And when he showed up in blue, that, that was such a betrayal, I felt. To me and, and, and everything that I work for because I'm thinking, man, what do I got to do to get your approval? I mean, I'm playing football at the highest level and, and I've had some success and you're still going to cheer against me when it's all said and done? Uh, you know, in the moment, I'm not going to say I handled it great. So uh, let's, let's get that out there. But I just felt like if you're not going to wear red, wear black. Right. Be neutral. Don't, neutral. Yeah. don't wear blue. When I, and the thing that really made me upset is I paid for the ticket. If, if I hadn't paid for the <laughs> ticket and he paid for his own ticket and wore blue, I'd be like, oh, okay, I, I understand. But when you, when you cheer against me on my dime, oh, I got a big problem with that. I got a huge problem with that. Next week on Petty. Yeah. Oh, I got plenty of stories. <laughs> I, I know you, know, you do. Trust me. I know you do. All right, we're going to step aside here on the other side, college football. Train and gross. Train and gross. Welcome back in Train and Gross. Mm-hmm. Thanks for mm-hmm. hanging out with us. Subscribe on Instagram, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. And you can subscribe. Watch us on YouTube. There you go. I tell you, I use Karen's account to subscribe. <laughs> so she gets all of our updates? That's yeah. awesome. She, was, she, she has like this workout video she does on YouTube, and she logged in, and she's like, who the hell is these burrito guys with a golf show? Why are they showing up on, on my TV? Love it. Yeah, come on. Hey, um, college football. Uh, college football. You know, you, you look at, at uh, you know, kind of the top stories uh, mm-hmm. because it's still early. You're yep. still filling out, you know, who's it. A mm-hmm. um, couple teams I'm looking at not named Alabama. Mm. Kirby Snart's got Georgia playing really, really well right now. Georgia and Arkansas is going to be one of those games because they've come out of nowhere. They they housed AM this past weekend yeah. and I didn't see them coming. I, I didn't did. I didn't know Arkansas had that type of squad. Right. And for them to to go in and 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 be in Jerry World and and little known fact, you know, Jerry Jones is a University of Arkansas alum. Yeah. So he was front and center and very, very happy after the game. But to see that team go out there and and, and 
really physically dominate the Texas A&M Aggies the way that they did. I, I got to say, I was very impressed with the Arkansas Razorbacks. You know, because they, they've been, like, not even down. They've been bad. They're very bad. Bad football for, you know, Bottom as far of the as SEC. I can remember. Yeah. Barely in the SEC. Like, you, you almost forget Arkansas's in the SEC. Vanderbilt bad. Right? Ooh. So, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so back – not back-to-back because they do what SEC schools like to do. But for Arkansas, it was probably wise. They beat Rice opening weekend fine. Mm. But then they took care of business against Texas in a That's game right. at that the time. That wasn't close. Well, it wasn't close, but at the time it was one of those that got attention because of what it represented. Sure. Back in the day. Old Southwest Arkansas, Conference. Texas. Southwest Conference. That's Let's right. Put it on the – and they house Raycom Sports. Right. Well done. <laughs> yeah. What was that guy's name? Ray Scott. Yeah. Ray Scott, Raycom Sports. But to your point, they, they, they doubled up Texas. Yes, they did. In that game. Yes, they did. And then they come back and they played Georgia Southern. Okay, it was just mm-hmm. a fluke. Mm-hmm. And A&M, I think we both agree, better program than Texas right now. Was looking to challenge Alabama for, for supremacy in the SEC. And then they doubled them up. Uh, <sighs> it's I mean, not a good look for A&M. And, and, you know, it's one of those things. And like you said, it's a team that's coming out of nowhere. Yeah. So when you look at rankings, like they weren't Arkansas, not anywhere in the equation. So now they're trying to make up ground. So, you know, they, they're not getting the attention necessarily, but they've got a lot of people paying attention now. And I think that game against Georgia is going to be one of those where there's going to be a lot of eyeballs on that game. And I think if you <clears throat> are looking at who is going to be that team that really challenges Alabama, we saw them have a scare against Florida mm-hmm. two weeks ago. And – we know that you can't stay on top forever. One thing that's constant in, in, in life is change. And, and I know for Nick Saban and company, everybody thinks that this thing is just going to go on forever and ever and ever. But I think the SEC is really starting to catch up. And, and I don't know when they're going to take over a- or Alabama, but you do know it's going to be sooner than later, and we're seeing it play out in front of our very eyes. And I think that recruiting argument works. Like if you can't beat them, join them type of thing, meaning you, know, you want to you wanna go play – and at the highest level, yeah, you know, come play against Alabama, right? Like you get a chance, right? <laughs> and you look at, at some of the guys that, that come out of out of uh, the SEC mm-hmm. uh, and say, look, you know, you play against guys like uh, teams in Alabama, that could be you thought ready. of in a much yeah, different absolutely. level. Absolutely, and, and, and I think that's what happened to the Big Twelve because you had Texas and Oklahoma yeah. looking at that and saying, well, why aren't we getting the benefit of the doubt? Yeah. Well, you're playing in the Big Twelve, yeah. And so when you go against the Alabamas and 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 the LSUs and the Georgias on a regular basis and Floridas, <clears throat> you're going to be thought of in a much different way, and, and the perception of your program is going to be much different. And meanwhile, around the, uh, the Big Ten, you look at uh, where they're at. You know, Ohio State's still licking their wounds a couple weeks after the fact, mm-hmm. after losing to Oregon. And for me, you look at the two teams that are highest ranked, and I don't think it's even <laughs> close in terms of where they're at, Penn State and Iowa. I think Penn State right now for me is clearly the class of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I said this last week, and if I did, cut me off. I'm sick of Iowa. Like, I- I'm done. Like, every chance you get, you hear about Iowa. Oh, we're getting disrespected. Nobody pays attention to us. We're Iowa. We're 5-0 and mm. again, whatever. Yep. Go look at Iowa's schedule. I mm. defy you, Sean Crespin, Bertrand Berry, anybody. Mm. Go look at Iowa's schedule and tell me the last time they played a Power 5 school not named Iowa State or in a bowl game. Mm. They won't do it. They don't play anybody. So you don't get respect. You don't go out and pay anybody. You play Northern Iowa. You right. play Ball State. You right. Play, uh, okay, Iowa State I'll give you, right? They're sure. Pro- but you sure. play that game because you have to. And, and you know both, both programs are going to get up for that one. And, right. and there's going to be a lot of familiarity, yeah. a lot of players that played alongside each other in high school. Yeah. So that, that's, so that's all fine. Play that yes. game. That's good. 
but go out and play somebody else. Yeah, and I, I'll even I'll play even Colorado double, State this week. I'll double down on you, Mike, and I'll go even to Wisconsin, who played my alma mater yeah. this past weekend. I thought they came out and played well, but then the bottom dropped out after yeah. the third quarter. They got to the fourth quarter. They played jump around in in uh, in Soldier Field, and then you know they got uh, pushed around yeah. in the fourth quarter. So I. But look, I look at the Big Ten and I just think, man, there's really nobody there, including Ohio State. That that you start thinking about that 14 playoff, who is going to be? Well, it's Penn State team? or bust. In my mind, it's Penn State or bust. And to that point, at least you're right. Give Wisconsin credit for scheduling Notre Dame. Yeah, yeah. Right, because Iowa won't do that. And right. If we're going to talk about that, why I think Penn State is is to me the class of the Big Ten right now. Mm-hmm. They played Auburn. Yep. They're not going to back down. Nope. And, you know, I, credit to both of them. Auburn had to agree to it. Sure. You know, so when was the last time an SEC school went to a Big Ten team's home field? And I, I would imagine at some point. In a night Penn, game, in a primetime game. In a, a big whiteout. Right. That's crazy. And at some point, the favor will be returned. Yeah. Penn State's probably headed down there at some point. Um, and, and to your point, they already beat Wisconsin. Right. So we'll see. Um, they got Michigan coming up. They got Ohio State coming up. And. A dark horse, but I'm not buying it yet, is Michigan State. Like, everybody's like, well, they beat Miami. But, man, Miami is a shell of its formal self. So, to me, Big Ten, it's, it's Penn State. It is Penn State. And, and I know Michigan had a, a, a good start and all that kind of stuff. But, nah. you know, it, it's – I mean, I, I got to give my former teammate a little love. No. I mean, you know, no. Jim, Jim – you don't. We don't? No. You're not going to give me any not love? Not yet, no. Okay, well, Michigan State, I think he's, he's got that program headed in the right direction. And, and the fact that they've had some bigger wins this year already – I'll get Michigan State, but and we'll see, but not Michigan. Okay. I'm sorry. You you know, Missouri, show me. And this takes wow. me back to where, before we get out of the Big Ten, Nebraska, because they oh. were on the other end of that. And at some point – Can you know, we just stop with Nebraska? No, I mean, we can, really but here's the point. Nebraska. Like, you know, and you and I have talked about this going all the way back, but Tom Osborne ain't coming back. No. It ain't 1969, 1970 anymore in Nebraska. It fans. ain't 1995, 1996, it, or right? 1998. Yeah, right. No. You know, so it's none of that. And, you know, Nebraska fan doesn't know what, they, what they're supposed to be. Well, we'll bring back one of his guys. Michigan brought back Jim Harbaugh. Mm. Scott Frost is a Nebraska guy. Sure. And, man, I mean, you look – is it possible, like, he's got this program in worse shape now than when he inherited it. And I, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that, Mike, because what he was able to do at Central Florida, he was able to get that program to such heights, Mike. They were they were at one point, you know, they declared themselves national champions, if you will, because they were undefeated and won their bowl game. You give yeah. them a lot of credit. But then you figured if he could do that there, when he got back to his alma mater and he got some more resources and, and people behind him, you thought that it would be much more of a, a quicker turnaround, if you will. And it just hasn't worked out. And, and to some degree, he looks like he's overmatched in a lot of these games. Like, I'm, I'm really surprised to see his team's Look so under 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 what's the word uh, underprepared yeah. for for games to, uh, and when when he when he's the helm at the helm so I, I just wonder has the moment gotten too big for for Scott Frost and and does he have to go somewhere else in order to regain that mojo and, and that's it like and and we talk about it with with players Christian Kirk Byron Murphy Jr. that come home yep. and play on the professional team in town maybe the pressure. You know, and I'm not saying he can't handle the pressure, but sure. there is a lot yep. that goes with being the head football coach at Nebraska, yep. and it's exponentially more difficult. It has to be on mm-hmm. Coach Frost and what he's going through right now because the program was down, mm-hmm. your, your linkage back to Tom Osborne, mm-hmm. all of it. Yep. Um, but you, you go back and look at this, man. I, like, it's not a good look. You know, last year, throw it out because of COVID, but they were under 500 in just their Big Ten schedule. Sure. 
And, you know, you go back a, a year after that where they – right in the middle of the season, that October, November, the meat of the football season after the harvest in Nebraska, all that. Work. You lose four or five in a row in the middle work. of the season yeah. to, to not very good teams. Yeah. I mean, you're losing home games to Indiana. Yeah, it's, it's bad, Mike. Uh, so I let just, me ask you this. When you start looking at college football as a whole, who, is the, who, who are a few teams that have really surprised you thus far? I know it's only four weeks and we still got a lot of football left to play in the college yep. football season. But who has really jumped out there and just said, okay, I didn't see them coming other than Arkansas. We, we, I think we both already hit that one. But is there another team other than Arkansas that has kind of surprised you in a way that you didn't expect to see them be so successful this early in the season? Yeah, uh, well, absolutely Arkansas is at the top of the sure. list. But Sean actually talked about this last week because he spent some time there. BYU. Yeah. You look at what they've done. And, you know, they lost a lot of guys off of that team from a year ago. Yeah, they do. And, and to have them come back and, you know, scheduling as an independent is difficult. Sure. But they're not afraid. I mean, I think they've got five games against the Pac-12 this year. Yep. And so far they've taken care of business. Yep. You know, they got their Holy War game done against Utah, which is yep. huge in that state. Yep, yep. Uh, you know, and so for me, if it's not Arkansas, it's probably BYU, what they've done so far. Yeah, I yeah. – I, 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 huh. I'm going to have to go Penn State. I think for me, Penn State, I didn't see Penn State coming. And what they've been able to accomplish thus far in the season, it, the whiteout game really it got my attention because I, I, didn't, I didn't have them winning that game against Auburn. I really didn't. I really felt like an SEC team that was upper echelon, like top half of the SEC, a team that is probably going to go to a, a pretty good ball oh, yeah. game when it's all said and done, and, and I thought they went out there and they held their own and, and obviously got the win. And I think they're going to make a lot of noise. And, and on the flip side, when I think about Ohio State, I, I think Ugh. they've had the most to lose. And Clemson. Clemson yeah. is one a big drop. It almost as if he didn't have a plan after Trevor Lawrence. That's fair. When Trevor Lawrence left that program, it was almost as if, okay, what are we supposed to do now? What now? What? Like, yeah. Yeah. And, and, I mean, Uwe Angalele, I mean, he hasn't been that guy, DJ Uwe Angalele. Uh, you, you thought – and I saw him play – he played against Notre Dame. I thought he played pretty well, Mike. I thought, it, I thought the transition would be relatively smooth, kind of like how you, you, you saw, uh, you know, with, with Trevor Lawrence, yeah. you know, when, when he was able to come in and, and, and take over. But it, it hasn't worked out that way at all. You grade on a curve when I ask you questions about Notre Dame. You're, you're particularly hard – on I'm your alma mater, yes, you're a hard grader. I am. Where, where are they right now? Because it's, it was a little shaky earlier in the year. Yep. But, you know, I thought they, they represented well. It was a, technically, it was Wisconsin's home game, but it felt like a Notre Dame home game to me, honestly. And what they did was close that game out. Yes. And I think that's the step in the right direction maybe that was missing the first couple of weeks when you talk about uh, your fighting Irish. I'm going to be very, very honest with you, Mike. Uh, I had mixed emotions about this game. I thought – uh, one, one of my former teammates is the D-line coach for Wisconsin. Yep. And so big shout-out to my man, Ross Kalaji. Love him to death, and I think he's doing a great job because their defensive line got after our quarterback. Yep. Uh, took our starter quarterback out of the game. And, and I think they are only going to get better as time goes on. And I look at how they were able to finish the game. I was very, very encouraged the way they were able to get the defensive touchdowns and turn the ball over yep. against Wisconsin. But, you know – Another thing that happened during that game was Brian Kelly became the all-time winningest You're looking coach at my notes. I was just going to ask you that. At University of Notre Dame, and, and it doesn't feel right to me. I was going to ask you that. It doesn't feel right to me. Because I was going to say to me, 
the question was you. I was going to ask you is mm. Brian Kelly passes Newt Rockney as the yep. all-time winning coach yep. in uh, Notre Dame history. Yep. And it feel. I wasn't going to say it doesn't feel right. I was going to say it feels like there's really mixed emotions among the Irish faithful on this one. Oh, there's definitely mixed emotions. I mean, I, look no further than me. Like I, I, when I think of all-time great Notre Dame coaches, yeah, he gets his credit because he's won the games. But when you start talking about names that will go down in history, it's going to be very difficult to put him up there with the Pars, you know, Parsegians and, and, and the Newt Rockneys and the Lou Holtzes. I, I still have a hard time putting them in that category. I really do. Even the Dan Devines, who, you know, had the, they won the championship and, and, and they did their thing. But I just – because he hasn't won anything of significance, he's been in the playoffs mm -hmm. and he's gotten teams – to undefeated regular season records, and, and they've fallen so short in the playoffs and, and in the bowl games when they've gone against top-level competition. It's just so hard to put him in at that level. But you've got to give him the credit. He did go out and win those games, and I, it would have felt much better had my former coach been the guy that was given the opportunity to, to break that record. And, and, and of course, uh, we know that didn't happen back in 1996, but uh, you know that's neither here nor there. It, it just... It feels weird thinking that Brian Kelly stands atop of all those names that you've known and associated with Notre Dame football. It does. It, it really it's does. It's weird. And, uh, it's weird. And I, 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 I'll be, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I don't know if in his tenure he wins a national championship if that changes. If he wins a national championship, I think you have to put him – you have to give him that credit. But you've got to win a national championship, Mike. You can't keep no. getting to the playoffs and getting blasted in the semifinal Agreed. and having no, no business, looking like you had no business being in the semifinal in the first place. Th that's embarrassing as an, as an alum. Yes, I'm proud of my team and I'm proud of the fact that they schedule hard teams and, and they don't run from anybody. They'll go anywhere and play anybody. But when you run into the SEC time and time again or you run into the ACC, it, it looks like a no contest. I, you just get tired of that and you wonder, will they get the recruits that they need in order to compete with the best of the SEC and the ACC. One of the Notre Dame sites listed just to that point about the winningest. He's won the most games. Yes. But he's not the most winning. If you go by percentage, Newt Rockney's number one. He won 88% of his games. And uh, Brian Kelly only won 73%. Bri Brian, winning percentage, Brian Kelly's number 10. See, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to you like this. He's got the all-time number – but I don't think there's going to be any statues anytime soon being put out in front of Notre Dame with, with Brian Kelly's name or with, with his likeness on it. That's, and I think that's an opinion shared by a lot of Irish fans. I, I really do. And the fact that you brought up Dan Devine mm. in that list. And Dan he won De a national championship. Right. And that's what I'm saying. But if you look at the list, just the numbers, like he's not even top five. But he's beloved. In Notre Dame lore. Because you brought home – you got it done. You brought but home the ring. Yes, but I think – It don't mean a thing if you don't have the ring, right. Mike. But it, how much of it is personality-driven? Personality matters, but you got to win. Absolutely you do. I mean, but let's look you, at Bill Belichick, who we've yeah. talked about. You talk about no personality in right. his professional career, but when you've got six of those things and right. eight total, yeah, you, you're going to be perceived as one of the top. So you've got to win in order to get that ultimate respect. Right, and I, I completely get that, but I think Notre Dame is – it might be the most unique situation in the entire I'll go country for that. I'll go for in that. terms of that. And I think I honestly feel the personality – 
of the person at the – and your coach said it, like I took a vow of poverty – or the priest took a vow of poverty and I can't make more than the president of the university. Mm. Like he had that personality about him. Mm-hmm. Whatever he was behind closed yep. doors, whatever he yep. was in that locker room yep. with you guys, whatever it is now after yep. the fact, yep. he was the face and he had that personality. He was that yep. beloved little coach yep. on the sidelines. He was larger than life. give you that crazy sound bite. He like, was always the face. It wasn't a player. Yeah. It was Coach Holtz. And, and now, you know, Brian Kelly with the red face screaming at his players, grabbing the face mask, doing all those things where people were questioning him even though he's winning all these games. Yeah. It, it, yeah. I, I, there's no good answer. It's just yeah. interesting, and it just goes to show to the unique nature yeah. of Notre Dame football. And it also shows, too, that if you're going to be at a program like that, the expectations are astronomical. you yeah. got to win at least one. Yeah. You better win at least one. Well, you talk about the pressure. Scott Frost, uh, you know, Brian Kelly, he's winning, and he's still got a ton of pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, we'll step aside. Some news and notes still to come. See the crack staff out back. No Gatorade today. It cooled off. We ain't giving them Gatorade, are we? No. Nah, they nah, better not good. get any Gatorade. They're good. Uh, but uh, pump the brakes. straw today. <laughs> and dad jokes. That's coming up on Train and Gross. Train and Gross. Welcome back. NBA training camps open up around the country. It's time to get back to it. No rest for the wicked. Like they, what they get? Like a, a day a and, month a, half and a half. A month and a half, basically. If and less than that, if you went to the Olympics. Ooh, my goodness. Well, that was only three guys. So you know, those three hey, guys. You special know. dispensation. Like, but still, yeah. like uh, it was. A, it's a short off season. Uh, I still count me in the camp that says I wish they were starting on Christmas Day, and maybe maybe they'll change that. But you can't you can't turn that ship on a dime. So it'd, it'd take a couple no, years. No, they got to get those eighty-two back in. You know, they can do eighty-two. Yeah. But I love summer basketball. I love summer basketball too. Fourth of July finals. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought that was that was be- obviously we we paid attention to it. But look, you know, the Suns they come back, they got things squared away with Chris Paul, got the contract worked out, you know, made a few minor tweaks around the edges, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, here you go. And I. You're hearing Monty Williams. You're hearing James Jones. If you didn't like them before this, you got to love the attitude that they're coming in. James Jones, man, dude's mm-hmm. going to start writing books after this. Like, hey, nobody cares what you did last year. You know, we're better for it, but we're not dwelling on it. I think if you are a basketball fan, you root for James Jones because if nothing else, you know he's made some of the best decisions that you could ever think. I mean, the dude actually rode the coattails of LeBron James to two – NBA championships with the Heat, the other one with the with the Cleveland Cavaliers, mm-hmm. and then now he got the Phoenix Suns to the final. So he has proven himself to be, if nothing else, a guy that can make good decisions when you start talking about situations and, and what's good for you and, and uh, how he can build the team from the inside out. You know, if we go back, and, and we know the Suns story, right? It started in the bubble mm-hmm. where they played so well and Eight just no. missed the playoffs. Sure. And then carried over into – the following season. abbreviated season, late mm-hmm. starting abbreviated season. Um, it'll be interesting to see this year, though, mm-hmm. how they do with the spotlight on them. You know, because, again, the pressure is going to be different. You're the team that made it to the finals. Yep. You're going to be on national TV yep. a lot. You can't say, oh, we got screwed. We, we got, we're not playing on Christmas Day, which yeah. is kind of the, the gold standard. That's where you know that's your Monday night football or Sunday night football in the NFL. That's right. So now the spotlight's on this team. The spotlight is on them, and you also see the rest of the Western Conference healthy again. Mm-hmm. And, and that's going to be another question is the, were they – one of the more fortunate teams in NBA history to face teams at the time when they didn't have certain stars due to injury. Because last year there were 
so many injuries in the playoffs. I think injuries played as big of a role as the superstars did. Mm-hmm. When you start talking about how the playoffs and the matchups played out and, and you have to give Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks all the credit in the world, they won the game. But even with that, the Phoenix Suns didn't have the backup center. So you, yeah. you saw you know injuries play a role. And Chris Paul was not 100% at, towards the end of that finals series so there there were a lot of different things that were in play during the end of the basketball season and uh back to what i said uh, in the previous segment where i think i think yeah i think i think i was maybe a little hard on uh deandre ayton uh, or maybe he just grew no, up you in, weren't hard he, on deandre he grew up in front of us i know sean said hey pump the brakes right i mean you know here's but look this this and i use the term kid respectfully young man well compared to you yeah he is a kid well, yeah, i'm a, just saying compared to Compared yeah. to us, I mean, you know, he hey, was a kid. But we watched him grow up as a basketball yes, player as, yes, as this year went yes, along. Yes, we did. Yes, you know, we did. and I, you know, a few question marks in the finals, but I mean, you're playing against an all-world type of. Se- but he grew up as this season went along, and so the key here is: does that growth continue? Can he figure it out for 82 games? Because contracts coming, mm-hmm. and if if Robert Sarver, who we questioned whether or not he would pull the trigger on Chris Paul, and he did, and he got figured out. So mm-hmm. Suns fans be happy about mm-hmm. that. The next big question for the Suns is this, uh, is the contract situation for DeAndre. I don't know how you don't give it to him, yeah. but does that growth, does that development continue through an 82-game NBA season? And I think you can take that same question right there that you just said, Mike, and you can apply it to Devin Booker as well. We saw him grow up in a, in a, in a lot of ways mm-hmm. because he was able to finally get that, that spotlight, that, that playoff spotlight where – you make your name by doing something great in the playoffs. And Devin Booker was able to do that. But now, as you talked about at the beginning of the segment, you're not sneaking up on anybody. Right. They've seen you do it. So they know who you are now, and they're going to address you appropriately. They're going to game plan you like you are a franchise player, and they're going to do everything that they can to try to limit your touches and limit your ability to be able to see the basket and get those shots off. So – it's, it's going to be an interesting season to see how this team handles success because we've seen them handle adversity and, and do that pretty well. Now, how do you handle it after you've tasted a little bit of success at the highest level? Absolutely. So right around the corner, I think I heard like two weeks. Two weeks. Game start for real. I'm interested to see what the Lakers are going to be like because old. one of the – yeah, they are old and they are – I think the average age is 32 years and like – six days or something like that, something crazy. Uh, There's going to be a a lot of guys on the bench that are going to be making a lot of money. And and I look at Rajon Rondo and Russell Westbrook. How is that going to work? LeBron James. I mean, there's so many different pieces to this Dwight Howard coming back. I mean, you you look at this team on paper and it's like, man, this is like the all-2010 team. You know, like this would have been the all-star team in like 2010, 2012, something like that. So the fact that they are all on the same team now, you you just wonder, do they have enough left to even get to the playoffs in the Western Conference and let alone try to run the table and and get all the way to the finals? I don't know if you guys noticed this or not, but sports gambling is now legal in Arizona. There's a few TV commercials and everything. If you got one of those free bets from one of the Mm. – we're not advertising or endorsing any, but one of them, if you took the free bets – and said you could place money right now on a team to win the Western Conference. Mm. Who are you putting your money on right now? 
The Lakers. Lakers, it's, yeah. Because if it, if it comes together, nobody has a shot. If it comes together and they stay healthy, forget about it. I mean, for one, it's the Lakers because they still have LeBron James. Still have LeBron, and, yeah. And, and until further notice, he's still one of the best players in all of basketball. Right. Well, and the other thing that, you know, you look at as, as hard as it was for Laker fans to accept last year, getting – not swept, but defeated early by the Suns. But they got they were hurt though. No, they. My, but my point hurt. is that that started the clock early for them. Oh sure. So they're yeah. re- resting, recovering. Yep. And I'm also interested to see how AD comes back because there was a lot of questions around his his physical conditioning because you know you look at what you know like nobody ever questioned mm. LeBron's physical conditioning, mm-hmm. but I think it was Magic that came out and said, hey, "This guy's got to got to look at a trainer and how he gets himself physically ready." to play a full NBA season because he's going out with injuries that a younger player like him should not go out with. Mike, this is his ninth year, and I think – That's why I say younger, but – Well, yeah, but I mean, this is ninth year, but I don't know if he's – I think he's finished like maybe two or three of the seasons without any injury. So every year it's like the same story over and over and over again. He's a tremendous talent. He's got all the skills that you want in a big man, but can he stay healthy? Can he stay available for this L.A. Lakers team? And – I believe if it, you bring in a Dwight Howard to maybe take some of those minutes away from uh, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis and, and uh, Carmelo Anthony is in to take some of the minutes from LeBron. Mm-hmm. I think you look at the additions, all of these guys were brought in to help the guys that are supposed to be the starters. Rajon Rondo, he's going to take minutes away from Russell Westbrook. Every step of the way at every position, yep. you saw th- they had a plan to, to not stretch out the, the starters and, and the guys that they're counting on once you get to – Playoff basketball. I'm looking it up right now since you asked the question. 82-game regular season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And looking at uh, Anthony Davis, the most he's ever played is 75. And, you know, obviously last year was an abbreviated season. Sure. There's only 72. So go work backwards. 62, 56, 75, 75, 61, 68, 67, 64. So if you're, if you're a team, you got to count on him being down for at least 15. Yeah. And maybe more games per year. Yeah. And I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, it's never been like a serious, like, no. a, you know, like when you talk about. No, those, nothing broken like, like a Paul George. Or an Achilles yeah, or no, something like that. No, this no. is a guy that just, you know, he pulled a muscle groin here. Or a groin or back. Yeah. And, and so. Or wrist or, you know, you know it, it's, it's always something. Right. It's always something with him. And so he's got to get it figured out. But you, to your point, maybe getting him some support, maybe that helps. Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. My, and I would agree. I asked the question. You both, like, didn't even think twice. Yeah, if I had it, I guess it would be the Lakers. And I, I, don't even, I don't even know what B would be. But. Mike, I, I think for, for most people and, and even the, the most diehard Phoenix Suns fan would have to admit this. The matchup that everybody wants to see is L.A. and Brooklyn. Yeah. Everybody wants to see Brooklyn and LA, L.A. go after it. And, and that's no disrespect to any of the other teams because there are lots of storylines with, with a few of those teams. I mean, you got the reigning MVP out in Denver and, and whether they're going to be healthy and, and, and be able to do their thing. Will Giannis be able to create that magic again? You just wonder how this season is going to play out if all things are equal and all teams are healthy. MPJ. <laughs> wow. He gets a max deal in Denver. Yeah. In case you're wondering, he plays for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. Uh, real quickly, before we wrap this up, because I, I can see uh, the, 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 the crew, they got the uh, pump yeah. the brakes ready They're to ready. go. Uh, Diamondback season ends. Mm. And we talk about this, and, and we, this is something we said about the Suns for a while, where we're like, you know, people are beyond being mad. People are beyond 
you know, you missed the playoffs for a decade as a Suns fan. Mm-hmm. You know, at some point you're like, I don't care. I don't care. Yep. Man, if that does not surmise baseball fans in this town, I don't know what does. Like the World Series and the postseason, all of that, that's a lifetime ago for this franchise. And I think what you've got is an owner who could give a crap. You're going to lose 100-plus games against this year, yeah. and your big announcement this month is uh, I extended the contract to the manager. Yeah, Tori Lovello. I mean, where did that come from? And, and I don't know how much of this is his fault. Like, right. if you've got a lot of injuries, you had people that were questioning this roster before the season started. Yeah. So maybe that's the general manager. Maybe it's higher. But what it comes down to, just like at some point, if the if the coaches are different, if the manager's different, if the general – it goes to the owner. It goes to the owner. What you've got in the Arizona Diamondbacks is a guy – that's using this team as a tax write-off. Yeah, it's too bad. And I know a lot of people here in the Valley are upset about it. And think about it, Mike. They're the only team in the Valley with an actual championship trophy. Yeah. So, of course, once upon a time, we know that this team was relevant and they were actually a very good baseball team. And they did major damage in major league. So, to, to, to think that they are where they are now and – 2001, I mean, it was 20 years ago, but that's not really that long ago when you really start thinking about well, it. Well, how ironic is that? As bad as this team is, you're, you're celebrating your 20th anniversary the year this team is so bad. And, yeah. you know, the only question is whether or not they finish with the worst record in baseball. Oof. Uh, I hope not. I, I, don't, I don't wish that on anybody. No, right. but it's neck and neck between the bad Diamondbacks and really bad Orioles. Oof. Um, yeah. And I think the Dimebacks are actually, depending on how you look at it, a game worse mm. than the Orioles right now. Oof. So, mercifully, the baseball season comes to an end this week in Arizona. But great stories around baseball. Did you see the St. Louis Cardinals? I mean, 18 straight? 17 as of right now. 17 straight. Yeah. Oh, I, thought it, I thought it was 18. But, so, uh, yeah, that, that's crazy. I mean, a week from tonight, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Mm. A yep. week from tonight, you have the Cardinals playing probably the Dodgers. The mm. way it stands right now, it's for one game playoff. Mathematically, the Giants and the Dodgers still have some business to take care of. Sure, but it should. It looks like it's going to be the Dodgers. Dodgers are going to win 102, three, four games this year against a team that's on a 17 game. They might not lose between now and the postseason. And you talk about that all the time in sports. Like it doesn't matter. Get in, and then you you look real close at the hottest team who had to fight to get there. Cardinals on a run. And, I mean, you're talking about defending World Series champions might be in a one-game playoff and not be able to defend the crown. How gr- I was going to say, how great is that? TV executives love it. <laughs> how great is that? Yeah. Uh, who, who's your pick? Who's your pick for baseball, Mike? Who do, you, who do you have in the World Series? When you start looking at American League, National League, there, there's a lot of teams in the National League, uh, as we just talked about. But then you look at the American League, there is a lot of – teams that are still vying for those spots similar to the question that i asked you if i had to put money right now on the teams that are going to be in there i would put money on the san francisco giants really because here's a team that total opposite and why diamondback fans are so mad okay this is not a high budget team this is not a you know they didn't get what fernando tatis jr get like 600 million dollars or something crazy like it was that 300 million and over like the, yeah. you know the, crazy money yeah crazy money you know so well, we can't compete with that the Giants, they're not that. They're in, they're in California, but they're not a big market uh, payroll, if you look at it. They're doing it with homegrown players, mm-hmm. which I love. I love yeah. that story. And they've also won three in recent history. Yeah, well, and they've got some history and tradition on their side. So That's right. So if you made me pick right now, it'd be the Giants. Wow, okay. But I might change that. If they, if they somehow don't win the West mm-hmm. and you have to slide into that play-in game, I, you know, maybe I change my story. But right now, you make me pick. 
I'm going with the San Francisco Giants. Who are your MVPs? Man, I didn't prepare for this. I know. Uh, what? I'm hitting you on the spot. Shohei right. Otani? Yeah, absolutely. AL? I don't think that's even a question. It's really? It's Otani, yeah. I mean, with what he did throughout the year. And no Vlad Gamero, no, no Vlad Jr.? I just think it's so unique what He Shohei was flirting Otani with the did. triple crown. Now. Yeah, Keep it in was mind. just so unique. And I know they had to shut him down uh, pitching, but what he did was just so unique that it, he has to be. The only reason that – and I – I would go with you on that. But yeah. the only reason, this is what bothers the hell out of me with baseball, is that baseball writer, that old school type mm-hmm. of guy mm-hmm. that says, well, they should all play the game like Mike Trout type of thing. Like, and taking nothing away from Mike Trout. But, you know, that, that's hard for the baseball traditionalist to get their mind around. What, you've got a, a, the starting pitcher batting fourth, and he's hitting home runs? Like, I, I think that works against him, unfortunately, with a certain segment of that crowd. Mike, to think about a guy that actually started the All-Star game at pitcher and at a, at a position player, as a hitter. Are you kidding me right now? Exactly. And played at an extremely high level, at like, a, like an All-Star level at both. Yeah, but okay, so then it, it comes to the question, how much does winning matter when you start talking about MVP? Because you've got Vlad Guerrero Jr., who is a guy that was flirting with a triple crown, as we just talked about, mm-hmm. and his team is going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. So what do you value more? Do you value the, okay, we've never seen this before, or do you value, okay, triple crown and his team is playing postseason baseball? Well, and I think Sean did this analysis in football in terms of you know guys that win games and win uh, their team win games. It was 11-plus in football. Your team, they, the average win for the MVP's team was 11-plus. And the unwritten rules of baseball and I'm doing air quotes and it drives me crazy, is, is that that individual statistics sometimes carry more weight than winning. Sometimes? In, in baseball. Ba- in baseball? Yeah. It's always. Oftentimes. Yeah. So in your mind, Shohei is the runaway MVP. That's who, no if, doubt. If well, I had a vote, my opinion, if I had a vote yeah. that's who okay. would get it. Yeah. I got you. But that's I understand what you're saying too. Like, you know, a lot of times people will look at it, okay, well, it's great you did this, but it's ultimately useless considering your team wasn't even relevant, you know. So I understand people can run down that road, but – I just think he did. He was so unique. He's so good for baseball too. Like he's the MVP of baseball. I agree because people are talking about him that ordinarily wouldn't even be, you know, tuning into your sport right now. Which baseball like, desperately needs. Yeah, you, like you, you brought up Mike Trout. Like, oh, everybody should play the game like Mike Trout. It, it, the casual sports fan isn't following baseball for Mike Trout. Now, what what Shohei Otani's doing? People are. I mean, you can. Oh, I, I don't disagree Pe- with that people, at all. People, people were following his story and what he was accomplishing throughout the year. I, I, I just think he's your MVP of everything. Okay, so let, me ask, so let me ask you this. Let's go a little bit deeper. If Shohei Otani was white or black, would he be the same phenomenon? I'd like to say I yes. Would say, I, I would hope we would say yes, right? I, I would but, like to say yes because it's so unique what he's doing. But the fact that he's Asian and he doesn't even do English in his interviews, doesn't that make it even more of a bigger story? Like the fact that, you know, there's this guy, he, he's like an unknown to most, most baseball fans. I'm going to say it. Like I, I think in some, again, uh, I think that goes against him in some You think quarters. it goes against him? It does. I, I, wow, I think, I think it makes a, him more, more fascinating. Uh, to, I think to Sean's point, that makes him good for baseball. It puts the baseball up on oh, an sure. international <laughs> stage. But, again, in terms of what uh, on this award, mm-hmm. unwritten rules of baseball mm-hmm. and that old-school mentality, that may go against him a little say, bit. I would think if this was – I would agree with you, Gross, if this was a different sport. And what I mean by that is a lot of times the MVP in the NFL, and especially in the NBA where it's a player personality-driven league in many respects, right, 
that you know you the voters need to relate to you in some fashion right right uh in baseball where the game's biggest personalities and i use that term personality lightly right are not the ones that are you know very personable typically in terms of of uh yeah how am i putting it no you're exactly where i'm going like what i just mentioned about mike trout like the game, one of the some one of the game's best players is doesn't talk. Doesn't you never see him? Talk. And go back to here. Go if back to would, here. But that see, like that wouldn't fly in the NBA. Is what I'm getting at. Go, you know what I mean? Or, yeah, or even absolutely. or even in the NFL, if you're a voter in Major League Baseball, it might. And when historically in baseball, it's been acceptable to be that way. Yes. You know, go back twenty. Talk about the Diamondbacks World Series year. Sure. How friendly was Randy Johnson when he was right. a player? Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Well, so I think I'm, Randy w- – yes. So what Randy Johnson – because Kurt Schilling's been more since he left the game, right. honestly. But, but I'm Ran- saying back then. But Randy yeah. Johnson, when he was playing, like he was a he was – Especially you, on game day where he was pitching, you, you shut heard, down. You heard media talk. And now he's out. You know, he's taking pictures and he's yeah. out there yeah. meeting yeah. and greeting yeah. But what public. I'm getting at is in terms of him not being able yeah. – Shohei Otani not being able to, to – yeah. Communicate. Uh, communicate and have, you know, interviews Agreed. in English and everything. I think if this was a different sport, that'd be more of an issue in terms of holding him back from winning Agreed. MVP. I don't think it's a big knock on him in baseball because most of the uh, the game's top stars aren't major personalities in terms of social media and in, in the I grand scheme I think you're entirely right. Well, in, in Major League Baseball, most of the top players are actually non-American. Yeah, for so, the most part. Yeah. You know, so it, it, it's almost accepted to Mike's point. You know, it, it's more of the norm. Like, there's a lot of guys – that need interpreters when they're being interviewed because mm-hmm. they English is not their first language, right? And yeah. they don't really try to speak English. Cuban very or well. Dominican or Cuban, yep. Dominican, whatever. So, you know, for me, I, I just look at the raw numbers. I've never seen a Shohei Otani, right? So, to me, what he's done this year, if you just look at his hitting, that's MVP ish. Yes. You look at his pitching, that's Cy Young ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Either way, and then you combine them and the same player. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. You. you but then you got the triple crown. You've got Vlad Guerrero flirting with a triple crown. Now I don't think he's going to get it, but the fact that he has numbers that are there and he's playing on a team that's going to make the postseason. Yeah, they're going to be relevant. Well, yeah, and I think that's entirely true. And I think you know whether or not the player is from Japan or Latin America or sure. wherever he's from. I think baseball, maybe even more so than any of the other sports, because it's so long. The season is so long. I mean, you think about how long ago March was, really, when you think mm. about when they started this, mm. right? And that you hear the dog days of summer. Yeah. And even if you're in a town like Phoenix, where you know baseball hasn't been relative since I don't know when they went on their first losing streak, Oof. right? I mean, so you need these individual stories, sure. and I think that's where he bubbles up and goes to the top. Okay. You know, I even go back to my hometown. You look at what's happening there. Their baseball team, my baseball team. Is bad again this the Tigers. year. Tigers. But they're getting mileage out of the Miguel Cabrera story. Right. Like he hit his 500th home run, yep. and he's closing in on 3,000 3, hits. He may not get it this mm. year, but here's a 38-year-old Is he going to get a chance to get it next year? He's got two more years, and he said he's going to play it out. Wow. And he's playing better baseball now than he has in the last couple of years. But importantly for a city where baseball is so important, mm-hmm. he's single-handedly carrying this team. He's I putting them on the map. I they had 30,000 people in the stadium while he was going for that 500th home run, which in Detroit, that matters, yeah. right? And so I think the, uh, the, the, the Mike Trouts of the world, while they're great baseball players, and even, unfortunately, Vlad Guerrero Jr., I think you need these stories, like we were talking about with Ohana, where you are a pitcher, you're a hitter, you can, you can do these things. You've never can seen You can all-star game. Yeah, we've never right? seen and that. And you, you mix in, excuse me, the international flair yeah. where you're getting – 
and I'm sure somebody's done the numbers. How many people tune in in Japan when he's pitching at three in the morning or whatever it is? Right. Uh, I don't know the time zone difference, but um, I think it's important. And I just hope that old school mentality, because we've talked about it. I know we've the the unwritten rules of baseball, which are ridiculous. Yeah, they're ridiculous. And yep. unfortunately, I think some of these writers, particularly the writers that have the votes for these postseason awards, subscribe. Some of them keep the books yeah. of unwritten rules, which is unfortunate. What, what about National League? Because you, you got Fernando Tatis, a guy that, you know, he, he got all the personality in the world. He's got the commercials. He's actually got the, the, the numbers to back it up. Yeah. I mean, he, he's been doing his thing. Uh, had a little bit of a lull there when his shoulder kept popping out. But uh, it, it, is, is he the runaway MVP, or do we see a pitcher doing a double-double? As we've seen in the past, like, we, you know, we have seen Cy it Young and, and the MVP. Yeah, I, we have seen it in the past. Here, here's the thing I think that we're – and I love his personality and I love it in a city like San Diego. You know, um, when, when was the last time they were relevant in baseball? 1984 when they played in the World Series. But um, They underachieved this year. So they, that's a it, knock against That's going to hurt him. Yes. And that was going to be my point because if you go back and look at I'm – a, I'm a big fan of performance versus expectations. Sure. Right. And if you look at the preseason predictions, they it was going to be lot the of Padres money. and the Dodgers they spent a lot in of the money. West. Yes. And they spent a lot of money. And everybody's like, oh, they're buying. The okay, well, they didn't end up doing that. Mm. They're under 500 right now. Yeah. So I think that goes against them. I really do. But, he, it, but, again, we start talking about individual awards and, and individuals' performances. I don't think that his performance was ultimately leading no, to the detriment no, of the team. No, of course team. it so wasn't. Do um, you knock him for that? Or does, you know, do you overlook the fact that his team – has drastically underperformed. I, I, you know, for me, he's got to be in the conversation, doesn't he? I mean, you look at it, um, but, you know, the, the flip side of that is who gets it, right? I mean, because he is, you know, if you look at the sexy categories, he is the league leader in home runs in the National League. Right. And that's sexy. That, that gets people's attention. Uh, and I don't know, unlike the, the, the story in the American League, I don't know that there is a clear beyond him if there's a clear cut, well, it's not him, it's this guy. Right, Because right. I, I don't know who this guy is yeah. in the National League. So, you know, you look at it, and again, he's got the personality. Sure. You know, and you look at him that, you know, you, and I love the two things that professional sports do. You do the mic'd up, mm. and you also just, there's cameras everywhere, so you get more in 2021 than you did previously. And some of the stuff you see personality-wise and yeah. fan, fan interaction-wise yeah. with him, yeah. you love the guy. He's yeah. the face of baseball right now. He's he on, is he or Otani? Uh, I want to say Fernando right now. Just you know, he's on the cover of MLB The Show. He's you know, Instagram highlights all over the place. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm really I'm just relatable asking, like, to the younger you know. demographic. I think really well. I, I think he's kind of the face of baseball right now. Okay. Because I was I looked at, I admit I was cheating, but I looked it up while we were talking. Right, and we know for Tana, Fernando Tatis Jr. Like who's next? Like I looked at it. Like you look at these things. Trey Turner? Yeah, like, in, in right? L.A. You, you going Trey Turner? Bryce Harper. Right. Yeah. Max Muncy. Yeah. Freddie Freeman. I think – like, could it be a pitcher? Like, is there a pitcher? Like, is there a Max Scherzer? Is there a – So know? many – so there are so many voters that feel the MVP shouldn't go to a pitcher because he's not, every down, he's not every an day everyday player. player. So, I, I think it's just so difficult for that to happen. And, and, and the, you know, the literal nuclear bomb. I remember all – again – baseline for all of us is where we grew up and what we know 84 right. back right. when i was growing up right willie hernandez mm. uh was the cy young award winner and mm -hmm. the mvp he was right. a closer right. yeah for the tigers team that won the world series wow heads exploded yeah <laughs> not only is he not a starter he's a guy that comes in and pitches an inning a night 
like, oh my God, how can you do this? So right. that's a hard it's one. It's a hard it, sell. It, it would have to be a dom- and he was that year. He was dominant, but I don't know who that again. I don't know who that is. And I think again, that's a hard thing for a lot of baseball voters to get get past. Like yeah. they'll do it. I got you. But there's such a such a quirky sport. It is, isn't it? And and you want to like it too. Like and and I that's for me. We talk about our sports memories and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I've got two. Growing up, it's baseball in Detroit. It, yeah. it really is, and it's a lot of for a lot of different reasons. But man, they make it hard, don't they? Yeah. I, I got one question before we get out of here. I know we got to get out of here because we 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 went much this, further. This was a short segment. Much longer than what we were supposed to. Did you guys see the 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 thirty for thirty on the Mets? I haven't, I haven't seen it yet. I, yeah, I love every thirty for thirty. It's on the Listen, DVR. You you, I'm not even the biggest baseball fan, and I'm telling you, I loved it. Yep. Because it was so fascinating to go back. And remember that time, and it was bittersweet because they talked a lot about my Astros from 1986, yeah. and Mike Scott and company, yeah. you know, a guy that actually played for the Mets and and was traded, and and they knew a lot about him, and and it hurt my heart, but at the same time, there were so many different storylines around this team. It was a fascinating team, and they were as popular in that time yep. as you would. Think of any Yankee baseball team Absolutely. that that won World Series, and and uh, they had to share the spotlight with the Giants, who won it the same year in 1986. Here's the thing about that Mets team, and I really believe this: that was kind of like the beginning of the end of that era of baseball, because mm. you think about where we went with social media and the 24/7 coverage, because mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff, and and 30 for 30 does a great job. Oh, I haven't watched it yet, but man. they. They dug deep, I'm guessing. It and, was a two-part series. And there was a lot of stories. Man. And those are the stories that if it's 2021, they don't fly in 2020. No, you no. Know, Doc can't be Doc in 2021. Daryl Strawberry was not going to be Daryl Strawberry. Those <laughs> guys would not have made it. You know what I mean? They would not have made it. But Keith in Hernandez? In the mid-1980s, no when you turn on and you're like, Monday Night Baseball, and you get to see – you didn't care about it. You didn't know and you didn't care. Right. You just knew it was the Mets. Right. The Amazons. Meet and the Mets. Go, right? All of that. And my father-in-law is from Queens, so, you know, I got a dose of that anyways. But I don't think that story is possible now. No. I mean, every, every character that they talked about had some flaws. Like, that team was full of flawed guys right. that somehow caught lightning in a bottle. Even their manager. The, Especially Starting manager. with the manager. Especially. <laughs> yes. So, I'm telling you guys, like, I, I watched it and, and I could not turn away. And I, I'm not the biggest baseball guy in the world, but I'm – it, when, you get, when you get time, make sure you check that out. Dude, I've said this, uh, and, and look, ESPN gets a lot of criticism, justifiably so, for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. They're 30 for 30. They're E60. The best. They're, they're long they're story. Best. The best. Like if you online, not even stuff you have to pay for. Yeah. Long form stories. Oh. Like it, Hands down the best. You know, uh, unbelievable the work, the, 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 the journalism, when you get away from some of the the, the, the glitz of ESPN. The way that you're able to get these guys and their family members to open up and, and, and to have them go back down memory lane and remember such vivid memories yeah. and, and remember such detail. It, and, and they got the video to back it all up. That, that, so that's why I said it was the end of it because there, there is footage available yes. from that time. That yes. might, if we were talking about a team from the 60s, maybe, no, you wouldn't, you wouldn't it. see it. Yep. But – it wasn't real. Yes. Time, it wasn't real time, excuse me. It was yes. very real. It wasn't real time. Yes. Right? And, you know, to me, 
the, the unsung heroes of those types of the 30 for 30 right. are when they get the story and they tell the story, it's beautiful, but it's the people behind the scenes that put it together yes. and, and then splice in a video to go with the story. When you're talking to a family member and you've got the real-time video yes. running at the same time, yes. it's amazing when they tell those stories. To me, the 86 Mets were the Chicago Bears of baseball. Yeah. And they were Chicago Bears. Like, it, it was the exact same thought – that team, the characters on that team, and the fact that they were able to hold it together to get through that, that run and, and ultimately win a world championship reminded me so much of the 85 Bears, and it's ironic that they were only a year apart. Uh, and again, they were a mid, mid-80s mid yeah. team. Yeah. So you, the things that they could get away with and the things that they were doing, you definitely couldn't get away with today. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Should we it's stop? time. It's time? It's time, bro. <laughs> All right, let's do it. All right, we'll step aside. You had to listen to all that just to get to pump the brakes. You're not wearing a T-shirt. Do you have a dad joke? Of course I got a dad joke. You're not wearing a T-shirt. You notice how Sean stood up. He's getting ready to run again. No, ain't no running today. (laughs) He's running. (laughs) Runner! Ain't no half-stepping, brother. Shout out to Big Daddy King. We'll be right back on Training Gross. Hey. There we go. It's all a big lead-up to this. That's right. That's right. Pump the brakes. Uh, Pump. Hammer. Pump it up. The research crew hands off the uh, the list of questions to Sean Crespin. Yep. And we weigh in on it. All right, Pump so the here brakes we go. or not. Here we go. Uh, Cardinals-Rams this weekend. Yep. Biggest game of the first month of the year for uh, probably both these teams. Well, I don't know. The Rams played the Bucks last yep. week, so maybe not them. But um, The Bucks weren't undefeated. Pump the brakes or not. The Rams are currently the most hated opponent in Valley sports. Oh, pump the brakes. How is that possible? Dodgers. I, Dodgers. The other L.A. team. But your, ba- your, your baseball team just is flirting with the worst record in the history of the franchise. They peed in the pool. No, I, guess, <laughs> I mean, I, but like I said, currently, they are, there's only one team standing in front of, of one of your top four. What do you always hear when you go to any sporting arena in, va- in the Valley? Beat LA. beat L.A. Beat L.A. Well, where do the Rams play? St. They Louis. play in L.A., but okay. <laughs> well, they in St. Louis still? <laughs> Ram, move. Wow. Right. No. But who, who is the team that has won the most recent World Series? That would be the Dodgers. That would be the Dodgers. Yeah. And when you start talking about teams that they envy and, and don't like, they really don't like the Dodgers. And yeah. it goes back Lakers. to when they – well, no, but I'm saying Here's, if we were rank ordered, I don't even think that the, the Rams are in the top which two. Which is crazy three. to me because right. because which is wild, and I agree with both of you. But what's wild about it is of the of the big four, right? Of the major mm-hmm. four sports teams here in the valley, mm-hmm. only one of them still has an LA team keeping them from something. The, the Suns got over that hump. They slayed the Dragon last year. They beat the Lakers in the playoffs, right? I mean, the you, Dragon was injured. You I mean, made you know, it, but okay. but you still made it to an NBA you. Finals yep. last year. Yep. Uh, Diamondbacks are irrelevant. The Coyotes are irrelevant. The Arizona Cardinals right now, the only thing in front of them in this division, in my opinion, is the Rams. But when you when you say, and I pump the brakes as well, when you say rivalry, you imply that there's some sort of even playing field or level playing I didn't say playing rivalry. Field. I said most hated. But I, I, I said it implies. Okay. Like in order for me to hate something, there's got to be a rivalry. There's got to be a reason to get my hate up. I mean, beating This is you, lopsided. This is a one-sided Which is why pair. you should hate them even more. Yeah. I, I mean, they've won eight straight, nine out of ten. Peed in the pool, man. <laughs> when somebody comes into your house and disrespects and, and pees, pees in your pool, in your pool right. like, come on now. I'll buy that. 
I just think right now that the Rams are the only one keeping you, if you're an Arizona sports fan, from where you want to get to right now. I think if you took an informal poll somehow and it was uh, statistically significant yeah. and got to all Cardinals fans and said, what team do you hate the most? I don't think it'd be the Rams. Maybe the Cowboys or the Forty Niners. Yeah, or the Seahawks. Which the is Seahawks. wild because they. I mean, you 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 play well up in Seattle. I know. I'm just telling you, man. But you can't beat them at home. Rams Rams might not even be top five on that list for Cardinals. Which is fans. crazy because they're the team that's standing yeah. in front of you and where you want to get to. Speaking of the Seahawks, I got them on the list. So why don't we just jump right there? There you go. Uh, the Seahawks will suffer their first losing season in the Wilson Carroll era. Pump, Pump the, the brakes. brakes. Not really. Pump the brakes. They've still got that quarterback, Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. They've still got receivers on the outside that they can get the ball to. Uh, there's a lot of pride on that defensive side. There's not a lot of talent Mess. on that defensive yes. side. So it's going to be difficult for them to really just shut teams down. But when you've got an offense like that, I do believe that they can actually get into a shootout and they can win the majority of those, especially the ones that are played up in the great Northwest. Gross. Yeah, I, I, I pumped the brakes. I mean, you can't – until it actually happens, you can't cut them out. You know, and it, you look at the schedule, there's a lot of – obviously it's the NFC West, but the Cardinals and the Seahawks, there's been some commonality in the Titans and the Vikings. Um, and, you know, so they've gotten a couple tough ones out of the way. But similar to – the Cardinals, they've got the 49ers this weekend, mm. and they've got the 49ers and the Rams back-to-back. Mm. Yep. They're at the 49ers, at the Rams, I mean, or so home you, against the Rams. They, at some point, mathematically, it's going to become a possibility. I mean, yeah. they, they could end up being 1-4 and four really they easily. Could. They could, but I, I, I'm just not really – I think Russell Wilson is, is, is too far in his prime to allow a losing he's, season he's to happen. Too he good. may not win a playoff game, sure. but I don't see them having a losing season. I gave season. you a hard time when we did it with the Cardinals saying you can't go too far out. We're in the season, but you know this Seahawks team still has to go to Green Bay. Yep. Uh, you know, and they've got uh, – what else did I see? Uh, they've got another tough one, and I can't find it right now. they got the, 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 the Saints. I don't know. But, but what are the Saints, though? Do we do we really trust the Saints right now? Well, they're, they're out. I'm just saying they're, they're, lur- they're lurking out there. Week yeah. to week. But until it happens, I'm not going in. But sooner or later, we're going to know. Yeah. All right. Like, when those, we do this again in two weeks, yeah, yeah we will. Along those same lines, the Kansas City Chiefs will not win the AFC West. Pump the brakes or not? Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Uh, we're, we're talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. We're talking about the two-time AFC Conference champions. We're talking about a team with Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill. They just signed Gordon, my man Gordon. I mean, and look, say what you want about the young man. I don't know him at all, but I think if there was ever an environment that he can figure it out, Mm -hmm. I think Kansas City, because it's such a small town feel, there's not a lot to do. He's not going to have a lot of opportunities. And it's a to, close-knit locker room to get already. In, and they've already been successful. Yeah. So they're not going to let any foolishness right. get in the way yeah. of what they're trying to get done. And I think they've got the right leadership. Andy Reid, hopefully he's healthy and, and everything based off of what we saw at the end of the last game. Yeah. Um, it's just too stable of an organization and a situation, I think, so for even, Josh Gordon to, to fall. Even though they have spotted both the Broncos and Raiders two games. They should be on three. Yeah, they, they should, should be on three because they should have lost to the to Browns. The Browns. Yeah, yes. If the Browns punter can catch, they're they're 0-3. They've already spotted the Raiders and Broncos two games in the division, mm-hmm. and they're a game back because the Chargers are who beat them. 
Yep. So right now, I mean, they got, they, they got to get right if they're planning on winning that division. They've got 14 games left. That's Just true. think about this. And, and what's cool about this is that, that the Chiefs don't play the Raiders or the Broncos till so late. Right. Yeah. So late. I think I saw it's December before they even get it game one with the Broncos. Wow. So it's and when it's that's it's like gonna November. It's going to be cold yeah. both places. Yeah. Though, so. But no, I, I – Again, this question will clarify itself in the cup, but I wouldn't bet against him right now. No. Right. And the other thing too, you make a good point about Andy Reid and the way that game played out. And was he even right during the game? Like, if you no. end up in an ambulance immediately following the game, yeah, no. you know. But is anybody going to question Andy Reid on the sideline? Like, you know. And I, I don't. No, he's I'm not that. suggesting he's any, that. Right. So he's earned that. Whatever. All right. Jay Glazier says the Texans have this. He said this on Sunday, and he retweeted it today and said, keep an eye on this situation, so who knows what might come up in the, in the next few days. Jay Glazier says the Texans have softened their stance and price on trading Deshaun Watson. Ugh. So pump the brakes or not. A GM still cannot make that move as of right now with good with good faith. Uh, you can't make that move with five draft picks or, or whatever the asking price was of the Houston Texans. Sure. Um, it all depends on the commissioner. I, I think if he somehow figures this out and and the legal matters take care of themselves, I just think Deshaun Watson, it's, he can't wait to get to Miami. Miami is that destination. Um, I think they push aside to a tongue of Aloha in a heartbeat I would. for Deshaun Watson. And it's just a matter of not if, but when. Yeah. When they get all this stuff figured out, when he gets all of the legal stuff worked out and, and he can settle all of the, those out of court, yeah. he is going to be a Miami. The dog. league has done no, – I mean, the league has not punished him, and rightfully so, right? He hasn't been charged. They can't. Huh? He hasn't they been can't. charged. Nothing, nothing too right. So he's – I mean, he's they, he's ready to go. But I just think if you're a GM, just the thought of if one of those court yeah. cases goes but wrong. But, hey, Richard Sherman just got signed, so, he you did. know. Yeah. Hey, look, here, here's the thing. There's if it, hope. If yeah. it stays in civil court and doesn't go, go anywhere criminal, yeah. then you get some sort of – Suspension. To, I don't want to say token because it. it I don't want to get into that. Yeah. But you know that that's what you're waiting for. Is right. it, if it turns criminal, then it becomes too toxic. Yeah. If it stays civil, then you got chances maybe. And I disagree with the the. the you said they change or softened their stance and their asking price. Yeah. If I'm the Texans, fine. You, you don't want them. You want to move on. So soften your stance. Yeah. But at this point, why why soft why. Why ask for less? I mean, because they know you you don't want it. Eventually, you may have to settle for less. But why do you need to broadcast that? Well, I mean, Jake Lazier did. They I did. mean, Mike, listen, they, like, they they just lost their starting quarterback, uh, and they refused to even dress him. I know. Yeah. So you, you, if you're not screaming, we don't want you to yeah, to fair. be with us, or we have to trade you. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get your asking price. I don't care what it was, even if it had been two picks. They're not going to give it to you just based on the fact that they know you've got to get rid of it. I don't even think he's allowed in the facility, is he? Yeah, he actually practices. He was practicing. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they're not, you know, on road games and stuff, I don't think he travels. Okay, because I'd read at some point hey, he wasn't even practicing. I'll tell you this, though. You mentioned Tua a second ago. This is the second year being a Raider guy. Uh, Tua started against the Raiders last year, mm -hmm. and they benched him for Fitzpatrick, and that yeah. team got exponentially better. Right. This past week, Jacoby Brissett balled out. Like, he's a better quarterback than Tua is right now. Like, they, they really got to figure out what they're going to do with Tua because I just don't know if it's there. Like no, the, it's not the, there. It, the it factor and everything, but I just don't see it. And and the fact that you didn't draft Justin Herbert, you rude that day every single time that yeah. man throws the ball because yeah. I, you look worse and worse by the, by the pass. You do. Yeah. I get all of that. 
Man, how did that team – I know you've told us time and time again about the Raiders' defense. Yeah. That was not pretty on Sunday. What, I know, they, I know the their, Raiders won. Their defense? Yeah. Defense was all right. They gave up – they couldn't get off the field on fourth down. They had Ugh. four or five fourth downs. They just had to close it out, and they just couldn't do it. Mm. You know, like they had a fourth and 20. Yeah. And they picked Crazy. up. Well, I just look at that Dolphins team like – the week before, they get sh- nobody gets yeah. shut out in the NFL, very rarely. And then Yikes. you go from getting shut out to whatever that was. Yeah, mm-hmm. not a good. And I, I say this is a guy who started Raiders in my my fantasy league. Because I'm like, damn, well, that was that's your own fault there. Yeah, it is. Yeah, drop them like. Well, a they problem. they through the first two weeks they had only blitzed a total of four times, and they were a top five team in terms of pressure mm. on the quarterback. Wow. And they got after Jacoby Brissett this week too. They just again it was it was a weird football game. It was a fun yeah. game. Really to watch. weird football yeah. game. Yeah. Yeah. All yeah. right, so we got some pop culture here before right. we get to the Let's go. Yeah. Uh, you guys know that I like my. Uh, I like my surveys here. I thought there you were going to say you like your cereal. <laughs> I do like cereal, too. It depends on the day. Wow. Um, there was a poll <laughs> that asked 6,000 Americans mm-hmm. if you trust your neighbor, as in the neighbor that literally lives next door to you. 51%, only 51% said they trust their neighbor. 17% said absolutely not. 22% said, not sure. So pump the brakes or not. You trust your neighbor. Oh, I absolutely trust my neighbor. Pump the brakes. Yeah. Uh, one of them, uh, you know, she's just the sweetest lady in the world. And Miss Rose, uh, she actually gives us lemons from her lemon tree. There you go. See, I tr- the, I've always trusted my neighbor. On the other side, I mean, you know, I, I think of my man Bill. He's a, he's a very trustworthy guy. We have conversations <laughs> all the time. Like him a lot. Gross. No, man. You don't trust your neighbor? It's not that I don't trust him. So What's his name? I don't even know. Wow. Or her no, name. No, here yeah, it's her. So here, here's the How long we, have you lived next to her? Like two months. Like we got a condo. How and we, know? On the one side, we got a pool, so I don't have a neighbor oh, on that okay, side. Oh, okay. That's good. And then the, the, the neighbor on the other side, she just moved in, and she's a renter, so I'm not investing my mm. my my, my effort into okay, that. Okay, that's two months. Although you should, though, because she seems like a nicer lady, but. How old? Uh, 60, 70, old. Oh. By herself, single? Yeah. Okay. She bought a new Subaru. I weigh wow. better. <laughs> but I'll tell you what. <laughs> she Beans, bought a new Subaru. So Beans likes the 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 like the older, like the grandmotherly type in, right. the, in the neighborhood. Yeah. He barks yeah. at her. Wow. Oh, really? But the other, like Carol down the way, mm-hmm. Beans loves her. Likes Carol? Yeah. I'll so, trust Beans. Yeah. Beans, be, trust Beans. So Beans, until Beans warms up to her, I'm not <laughs> investing in her. She's only been there two months. Wow. She's got a 12-month right, lease. Real know. quick, real quick. Uh, 4,000 Americans were polled if you could only keep one streaming service. Speaking of Steve Harvey. We, right? <laughs> <laughs> Which one would it be? Now, 41% of America said Netflix is the one streaming service they would keep. Pump the brakes or not on that. If you can only keep one streaming service, Damn. is it Netflix? Because 41% of America says it is. I'm going to pump the brakes. What would it be? I'm going, I'm going Hulu. Hulu? Hulu. All right. I'm pumping the brakes. All right. And I, do I have to give a definitive answer? Because it's a toss-up right now. Yes, definitive. You have to vote on the poll. Amazon. Wow. Prime Video? Dude, they've got some deep stuff. I love, love it. Really? Yeah. I've binged a couple things this summer on You're streaming on service hipster on us. I see. Is Amazon hipster? No. Because I was going to go just, Apple. It's just, it's just, uh, I was going to go Apple because that's kind of rising. Prime, Prime makes the list, but only 6% of people said they would keep Prime. So. There's some good stuff on How there. did Hulu do? How Hulu's do? second is 21%, okay. so it's right behind Netflix. I would go with HBO Max. I've got that too. HBO Max was 13%, but that would be my – The, the, the better I, question is how much money are people – 
I don't want to say wasting, but spending, because I've got Cox Cable, mm-hmm. I've got Netflix, and I've got Amazon. Wow. I think that's why Apple TV isn't doing as well as maybe some people like think. Disney? Like Disney? It's because we all had 15 services before you got here. And Disney? Apple like TV. Anybody got Disney? It no. came with my cell phone package, so I have it, but I don't pay for it. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. All right, one last one. Real, real, real quick. Michael Jordan had some used boxers oh, on I, I auction. Yeah. And somebody paid $2,784 for his used boxers. Are we all just pumping the brakes on that story all together? Right you don't even need to ask. Are we all just okay? Just, just don't even ask the question. Pump the brakes. Some stank ass boxers. Maybe this is a this is a topic for another podcast, but mm. I can't ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Mm. Your kids. Okay. Uh now obviously if they live in the house that's different, but both my kids are gone. Right. I'm paying for for Netflix, but they're both you like I get I forgot the Netflix password. What is it? But I'm paying for it. And you talk about you got it because it was on your cell phone. I'm yeah. paying cell phone. Like, these oh, these okay. are people that are out there living on their <laughs> these own. Are people. Like making a living, making house payments, See, making rent payments. <laughs> and I'm paying for cell phones and See, I'm paying for streaming services. My joke's su- on my, you, Mike. Yeah, my situation is the exact opposite. My parents use all my streaming services. Well, joke, right. joke's good on for you, you then. Yeah. You're taking all care of your streaming parents. services. I told my daughter, my older daughter, who should know better, I'm like, what are, you're going to just bleed me dry, and I'm going to retire on your couch. Yeah. You know how I, Tom Brady's putting his dad in a, in a home? In a home? Mm-hmm. I'll just retire on her couch if she yeah. keeps bleeding. All right. Time for – we're way up against it. Time for dad jokes Guess here. who stood up to do dad jokes? Well, no, I got to – Yeah, no, you, you got to no run. Bass. No, you gotta, bass. no, you got to run so when you hit the horn, <laughs> you can get out the door. I don't know. He's been pretty good lately. Yeah. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to have – B-Train's going to give us a dad joke. Yep. No matter what, he gets one of them right there. That's right. Uh, good dad joke. Get some <laughs> – Get some laughter above and beyond something we're all going to tell our friends. It's standing up. But there's that. There's that chance that it just does not land. Uh, and you get one of those. That is the official grading system of uh, the dad jokes on train and growth. So B train, take it away. All right, here we go, fellas. Why is it cheaper to throw a party in a haunted house? Why? Because the ghost will bring the booze. That's good. <laughs> That's actually good. You don't like this one? I said I would have hit the horn, man. What? <laughs> That's a good one. I grade performance versus expectation. Like the bar is set. Wow. The ghost would bring the booze. I understand. Is a quality dad joke. I understand. <laughs> Did that go over? But why? But so why the horn though? Yeah. I just relative. I mean, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. <laughs> it just wasn't your best work. I don't want to sit here and tell you you did a great job. I didn't give you him a set the bar so I high. didn't give him a standing O. We just laughed. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, horn, though, I'm, I'm, I'm hurt, Mike. I'm all right. Hurt, What's in between the horn and the mild clapping? We don't have like a. Just one of these. Yeah. I guess. Well, see, this is like I, we do the dad jokes, and, and I sometimes <laughs> I'll take the dad joke home. And Karen. You're not going to take that one home? Karen's. Well, no. Thank you. That's going to. She's like, I got a K6 school. So uh-huh. some of the dad jokes, like I did one a while ago that was really inappropriate. What was the one about? <laughs> clearly, <laughs> clearly, I can see your nuts or whatever it is. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, I can't tell that to K six kids. Yeah, it's true. So yeah. the the this one you can. No, it's the booze. The booze. They, they, oh, they don't know what booze is. Yeah. Booze. No, yeah. you can't do the booze. Right. So there's a bar. Yeah. True. So get A for effort. No, you're judging because you can't because yeah, she can't you can't use he's, it. He's not gonna get points at all. Yeah, home. she's not gonna get points. Yeah, yeah come on. You, you know what? I'm gonna hit you with one of them. That's right. Horn him up. 
I thought it was good. It's one like especially next month when yeah. Halloween's coming around. Yeah, you're gonna on. tell that story. That's come a on. that's a good point. Maybe if this would have been October 26th, I would have had like a different thought. Like yeah, I would have been whatever. like, damn, that's good. It's still good. It's still good. It's still Somebody good. paid 2700 for Michael Jordan's dirty chonies. Man, listen. <laughs> Talk uh, about jokes. Know, uh, yeah, the joke is on you because uh, – What do you do with those? Uh, put them in the washing machine. For, what do you mean you bought them when you put them above your, your fireplace and your, on first your of all, first, first of all – Are you touching them with well, your okay, bare hands? Okay, so, okay, I, I, know we got, I know we really have to go, yes. but I got to know this from you guys. Mm-hmm. Does anybody still wear white undies? No. Gross. Mike. No, he's, he's black. He just showed him. Okay. <laughs> I had to check. For all those out there, you grown men. Tidy whiteys? No, no tidy whiteys. No, please oh, don't. Oh, right. Were those, are those, were Stop they, it. If I had to take a guess. Are they the, game worn or are they uh, commercial worn? It just says worn, $2,700. Because, uh, you know, the, the uh, what was it? If the I fruit of, guess, wasn't he Fruit of the Loom? Yeah, for a long time. And then he went Hanes. Hanes? Now, you know how he said, uh, the story said but that I'm there sure was a dry. But I'm sure he's got Nike fit. Dry, I mean, come on. They either, the dry cleaner tag was how they verified him, and it came from his old, like, trainer or something, or, or his, like cleaner. one of his security people. That who, may have been who, his trainer's undies. Who dry cleans their, their chonies? <laughs> Thank you. Well, guys that are worth, you know, a couple billion. Right. A couple billion, and you're on the payroll of Hanes or or. If there's Truth one person. Don't you just have an unlimited supply? Hey, if there's yeah. one. Like, per- I saw your shoe closet. Yeah. If there's it one was- person you know that you think still does rock the, the, the tidy whities. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I'm not. I'm not even. Dan Minucci. Wow. <laughs> wow. You thought the same I thought thing. The same thing. Wow. <laughs> Minucci gets a shot. This is the part of the podcast where uh, Minucci gets a shout out. Yes. Oh my got, gosh. Will you cut that up and send it Am to him? Am I right? Will you cut that up and send it I to will. him? I will. We love you, Minucci. <laughs> not enough to to not put throw him under the bus, though. My goodness. Absolutely. Tidy whiteies. Oh, That's no. going to do it for Train and Gross. Follow us on Twitter at Train and Gross, and we'll see you next time. We'll holler.